0: I'm Greg Oliar. Four years ago, I stopped writing novels to report on the crimes of Donald Trump and his associates. In 2018, I wrote a best-selling book about it, Dirty Rubles. In 2019, I launched Prevail, a bi-weekly column about Trump and Putin, spies and mobsters, and so many traitors. Trump may be gone, but the damage he wrought will take years to fully understand. Join me and a revolving crew of contributors and guests as we try to make sense of it all. This is Prevail. No, Mr. Green. Communism is just a red herring. Like all members of the oldest profession, I'm a capitalist.
3: Hi, welcome to Mueller She Wrote. I'm A.G. I have to go by A.G. because of the Hatch Act. I know I explain this every time, but in case you're coming in on episode 11, which is where we are now, uh, I want to explain to you that... Um, Basically, I work for the federal government. I'm pretty high up. I'm seven degrees from Trump himself, and so I'm not allowed to associate my name with or my title with the federal government with anything political, and this can be construed as political, so for ethical purposes, I'm A.G., and with me as always is Jalisa. Say hi, Jaleesa. Hey. How's it going? Good. And Jordan? Hello. Hello. All right, so today I've asked Jaleesa to cover the battle between Bill Browder, Mm -hmm. and if you remember Bill Browder, if you want to right now take a break, hit pause and go listen to episode two, the Magnitsky Act, Bill Browder was a guy who testified in front of the Senate Judiciary um, for for quite a while, eight hours. He is uh, an expat. He gave up his citizenship in 98, and he runs something called Hermitage Capital, and that's Pretty much, you know, an offshore is like hedge fund, and he invests in a lot of different countries and stuff like that. And he is the one who spearheaded the Magnitsky Act because his buddy, his lawyer, who, who helped him find fraud in the, in the Russian government, um, uh, he uncovered it. He was arrested and beaten and taken to jail, and so that's why we have the Magnitsky Act in. So that's who uh, Bill Browder is, and he's had this ongoing battle with Fusion GPS. And as you know, the Fusion GPS transcripts were released this week. And, um, it's an interesting, uh, when we hear Bill Browder's story and we're like, oh, Bill, you're the best. And then we hear Fusion's story, which I'll go over later and you're like, oh, Bill, you're kind of a slimy dude. So, so we're going to talk about that today. Um, and, uh, Jordan, she's going to be talking about the delightful Mr. Epstein. He's such a wiener. Yes. Oh my God. I hate
4: that.
3: He's all around. He's so creepy. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, that's our show. I'll be reporting on my findings from the Fusion GPS transcripts that were released by Dianne Feinstein in an end run around Senator Grassley and the Senate Judiciary Committee. So please, I'd like to reiterate to follow us on Twitter. We 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 blew through a thousand likes on Facebook, which is cool because once we get to ten thousand on on Facebook, and someone's <laughs> getting
4: a PlayStation.
3: Somebody's getting a <laughs> PS Four. And, uh, but I also have the stipulation that we need have to have to have bleh, we need to have ten thousand followers on Twitter. And so far, you guys, I think we went from two twenty to two eighty. But that uh, that's Let's not really progress. Yeah, it is. I guess I guess, okay, okay. But I don't know if that's really gonna. I might, <laughs> maybe I might amend it to five thousand. So we we did. We blew through a thousand likes on Facebook. Thank you guys for for uh, following us and liking us. Uh, But we are lagging in Twitter, so get on Twitter uh, and follow us. um, And you uh, have also been subscribing to us on Podbean, which is great, so keep that up. So it's a big news week, so uh, I'm not going to waste any time, and let's just get right into it with just the facts. (laughs) I'm going to fly through these, so stop me if you have any questions. Okay. Uh, On Monday... NBC reported that Trump's attorneys are now in negotiations with the Office of the Special Counsel to set up an interview between Trump and Mueller. It's kind of what we've been waiting for. It kind of came fast. I was a little surprised. Mm -hmm. That's on Monday. It was just reported that they're talking, or they're going to be talking. Um, Also, on Monday, the White House re-nominated KT McFarland as the Ambassador of Singapore. (laughs) Remember her? Yeah, she's fancy. She was the, uh, she quit as the Deputy National Security Advisor under Flynn. Uh, also Monday, Dems in the Senate were considering ways to release diffusion GPS transcripts, like tricky ways, a la mm-hmm. Senator Gravel. And Senator Gravel was this weird Democrat who ran in 2016, but he was a senator, he was a baby senator during the Pentagon Papers. And he was trying to figure out a way to get him into the public record. So he, he, he called a quorum at the Senate, and he was just going to read him in the Senate, and that would put him in the public record. But when he got there, there weren't 51 senators. So that, you have to have 51 senators for a quorum. So he's like, shit, what do I do? Well, he was also, he was a baby senator and he wanted to chair a committee. So they put him in charge of buildings and grounds committee, which is like, you know, who mows the lawn. Yeah,
4: that sounds made up.
3: Who's the janitor uh, contract and (laughs) stuff like that. So it's a, you know, it's a committee though, for reals. So he's like, I know, I'll just call my committee to order and I'll read them in the committee. But in the committee, you have to cover business that has to do with the committee. So what he did is he goes, well, because of all this, you know, um, budget problems, you know, that, that are going on uh, right now in the Nixon White House, yeah. we don't have the money to take care of buildings and grounds. Uh, and speaking of the Pentagon, <laughs> uh, who's taking up a lot of our money, and then he just launched into the Pentagon Papers.
4: Saying, you just need a segue is all.
3: A couple senators showed up uh, for, from the committee and they listened to him for about the first four hours and then they bowed out. So wow. he read on into the night to like the point of it's Like 4,000 pages. Hallucination. Yeah. <laughs> so he was he was reading, he was crying at the end because he was so tired. Oh and my he,
4: God. And he it dawned it's on going him. on the calendar.
3: <laughs> it dawned on him and he's like, you know what? You know what? Uh, I uh, motioned to enter these documents into the public record because he he Remember, like you can one. do that. <laughs> yeah. And he goes, all in favor. And then he says, aye. And then he goes, all opposed. And no one was there to oppose it. So they were entered into he the was public like the,
2: Yeah, the wow. only one in his, in his group. So it was like unanimously decided by himself.
3: Yeah, so that's pretty hilarious. So that was tricky. So the Dems were considering some sort of trickery like this uh, on Monday. They're like, what can we do? to get these fusion... Because Chuck Grassley had refused to release the Fusion GPS mm-hmm. transcripts, even though Fusion GPS was cool with it. Glenn Simpson, who was the one who testified, was cool with it. Everybody was cool with it. And so was Grassley. And then Grassley flipped and changed his mind, because he's weird.
4: And then it's on the, Tuesday... <laughs> the things it reveals about the elections for the yeah, quarantine.
3: It totally does. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's because this is the House Intelligence Committee, and I think the House is corrupt, um, more so than the Senate. Then on Tuesday, Diane Feinstein just does an end run around the whole thing and just releases them. So hardcore. She's <laughs> a badass. She knows the rules and decorum of the Senate. And, and what was interesting is that a while back, Chuck Grassley was like, look, you do your own investigation and we'll do ours uh, to, the, to the Democrats. Because if you're a Democrat, if you aren't in the majority in any committee, which is any committee right now, you have to get the approval of the chair, even if you're the ranking member. If, even if you're top Democrat, you have to get the, the top Republican, which is Grassley. Mm-hmm. But then Grassley's like, look, you do you, we'll do us. That's a great idea. Thanks. So she just <laughs> dropped him. She took, a lot, she took a lot of flack for it, too, but she, you know, she was like, look, this has to get out. Yeah. Also on Tuesday, CNN reports that Don McGahn and H.R. McMaster are thinking about leaving the White House. So that's and, and I guess it's pretty typical. in after one year, that they clean house. But
4: we just talked about McGann. Was it last week? Oh yeah. Yeah.
3: Hmm. McGann is the White House lawyer, or White House attorney, who told everyone in the White House that Flynn uh, was a criminal, and everyone in the White House said, uh, "Oh, he never told us that." And so right, right, right. Yeah. Yes. So McGann and and he's the, McGann is the guy who has the same lawyer. The the White House lawyer has a lawyer, and he has the same lawyer as Priebus. So So their
4: stories have to be Exactly.
3: And uh, H.R. McMaster, so they might leave. Also on Tuesday, Spencer Ackerman reported that early in the Trump administration, a Trump aide floated the idea of withdrawing U.S. troops from the Balkans as a favor to Putin. Hmm. So that was early on. So that's another possible quid pro quo. And we can think of all the favors that Trump's done for Russia and trying to uh, relieve sanctions— um and then and this you know trying to remove the troops so that he's you know there's been a lot of sort of back and forth but you know obviously Mueller's going to have to find the documents that tie that all together um also Michael Cohen filed a lawsuit against Fusion GPS and BuzzFeed for defamation (laughs) in the Trump Russia dossier so he's going to actually have to prove that something in the dossier isn't true and you guys remember, about wow. like, a week ago, Trump came out and he said, it's been a year, they've been investigating, it's been a year, no collusion. No collusion. He said no collusion like 900 times. <laughs> it's no collusion. Uh, it's been a year. Well, it's been a year, and no one's disproven anything in the dossier. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, take that. But, yeah, so Cohen filed a lawsuit, because <laughs> Cohen's named in the dossier. And uh, he's, he's mad. But he's Well, it,
4: do you think they'll only have to... Verify things pertaining to him since he's the only one in the lawsuit, right? It would be whatever they said about him and he would have to disprove it Yeah, hopefully there's a lot of stuff in there that relates to Trump
3: and what's really going to be interesting is I think that if anyone anything in the dossier was disprovable, it would have been disproven by now because of the huge Republican effort to try to discredit the dossier. Yeah. Like, people are trying actively to do that. They had a little subgroup that Nunes led, that Republicans in the House that were trying to do it. But um, the, I think these lawsuits, and I said this last week, they're just going to bolster the investigation. Mm-hmm. He's going to sue. He's not going to be able to prove it's not true. That's just going to add credit to the dossier, which is going to add tre- uh, credit to the Mueller investigation.
4: Yeah. Are they using lawsuits as a last stand, do you think? Yeah, or- I think so. Not so much trying to get ahead of it. Yeah, because exactly if it's just going to open up further investigation, that seems like a bad move, but it's all they can do, I guess. Yeah, they don't really have any
3: options left. On Wednesday, Senator Ben Cardin released a report detailing two decades of Putin's attacks on democracy uh, in 19 countries calling for policy changes ahead of the 2018 and 2020 elections. Now, this reminded me, uh, a couple episodes back, I talked about when Ray, uh, the director of the FBI, a Trump guy, testified... Um, to one of the committees. I can't remember if it was Senate or House. And he said, oh, we've put together a multi-agency task force to combat foreign influence. It's going to include the NSA and FBI and the CIA and blah, yeah. blah, blah. And, and everyone was like, oh, cool. So what happened to that? So I'm interested in that. And I, I've, I've asked a few of my sources, and, and everyone's like, yeah, what happened to that? So.
4: It, so it never existed at all? It never came together? Yeah, not yet. I don't know if he's
3: working on it. But, whatever. Also, more bad news for Manafort and Gates. They're being sued by a Russian oligarch named Oleg Deripaska. He sued them in 2014, but that lawsuit disappeared when Manafort became Trump's campaign manager. Hmm. Well, it's back, and they're using the felonies that he's been charged with to prove he's a shady dude. So, this should be fun. (laughs) (laughs) What I do? Also on Wednesday, Ryan K. Dickey was added to Mueller's team. Do you guys know who Ryan Dickey is? No. He is a cybersecurity investigative expert. He was added in November, but we just learned about it uh, on Wednesday. And that's important because he brought down the original Guccifer.
4: Mm.
3: Okay, If you'll remember, it was also in November that Mueller began digging into the RNC hacking and uh, the the three data mining companies yeah. that Kushner was... You know, his data analytics companies that he was in charge of? Mm-hmm. Interesting that they brought in a cybersecurity expert when they start looking in the RNC hacks. Also, Trump renominated Brian Benchkowski to be the assistant attorney general of the criminal division of the DOJ. And here's why that's crazy. I haven't talked about Brian Benchkowski before, but early in the spring of 2016, when all this shit was starting to s- stir up, before the dossier, before Steele, before drunk Papa Dot mouthed off to Aussie Downer in the <laughs> UK pub, womp womp, Uh, The FBI was looking into a Russian bank called Alpha Bank. And it's mentioned in the Fusion GPS transcripts, too. Because at the beginning of the campaign, the very beginning of the campaign, one of the Trump servers began communicating solely with that bank. And Alpha Bank hired a U.S. lawyer, all U.S. lawyers, including a Trump lawyer by the name of Benchkowski. Now, at that time, it was right around the time of the transition. So this is, you know, months, months, months later, uh, transition December, you know, October, November, December, um, and Alpha Bank hired Benchowski. So he quit the Trump transition team to go defend Alpha Bank in some money laundering lawsuits. Then, after a while, Trump nominated him early on in, in 2017 to be. The Assistant Attorney General of the Criminal Division of the Department of Justice. He was not confirmed because all the senators were like, What? <laughs> Al Franken was like, wait a minute, let me get this straight. <laughs> you, you should see the Al Franken. Look it up. The Al Franken Benchowski back and forth. It's so funny. He's like, um, okay, so you defended Alpha Bank uh, in money laundering you defended Alpha Bank in money laundering suits. And then, you know, so basically he, he, he wasn't confirmed. But this week, Trump re-nominated him for the same position. A guy who represented a Russian bank accused of colluding with the Trump campaign to head the criminal division of the Department of Justice. Wow. Yeah, and, that's yeah, amazing. I know. He's so ballsy. He thinks we won't know, like we won't figure it out.
4: <laughs> he's
3: just going to walk in the door and just play the part. Al Franken is not there, so maybe he's like, we'll try again with Al Franken. <laughs> yeah,
4: Al Franken, I guess, was
3: Because Al Franken didn't download everything to the Lady Covenant. Anyway. Uh, also on Wednesday, Chuck Grassley, he's our guy who sent the criminal referral of Steele to the Department of Justice who blocked the release of the Fusion transcripts. He's the head of the Senate Judiciary. He announced he will honor Kristen Gillibrand's objection to Trump's nominee for the U.S. attorney job in the Southern District of New York. So if you remember... If you remember, last year Trump fired 49 US Attorneys General and then waited 300 days and then appointed recently 17 replacements and of note is the one that he's appointing in the Southern District of New York where all of Trump's business interests are are headquartered. Mm -hmm. Uh, Trump interviewed this guy personally before he appointed him and this guy also used to work for Giuliani's law firm. Now presumably he would do like Trump a lot of favors by not prosecuting him in his home district. Now Berman, that's the guy's name. This is the guy, the lawyer's name, uh, that that Trump nominated. He worked for none other than Deutsche Bank. Hmm. Trump owe, owes Deutsche Bank hundreds of millions of dollars. Deutsche Bank also made a weird two hundred eighty-five million dollar loan to Kushner uh, right before the uh, election, which he failed to report on his financial disclosure form. Like, I mean, pretty much everything he failed to report. And Deutsche Bank has paid hundreds of millions of dollars in fines for money laundering. They're well known for it. And two days after Trump appointed Berman, Berman selected his deputy U.S. attorney. And that guy is the former general counsel for Deutsche Bank. Jesus Christ. So Gillibrand and Chuck Schumer, who are both the New York senators, were like, they want to formally oppose these nominations. And and Trump was like, I don't care. Um, It's called a blue slip, I think. You file a blue slip. But uh, Grassley, who's the one who makes that decision, he uh, says he's going to honor those objections. Hmm, okay. So Trump's guy might not be put into the U.S. attorney in Southern District of New York. So that's cool. Yeah,
4: that'd be fantastic.
3: And also on Wednesday, <laughs> Wednesday was a big day, <clears throat> Trump walks back his promise to interview with Mueller. Do you guys remember this? I don't know. We'll see. There was no collusion. So why do we need no interview? <laughs> No collusion, no interview. I wanted to be like, no okay, well,
4: collusion, no <laughs>
3: ask, well, we okay, problem, we won't ask about collusion, we'll just ask about obstruction. <laughs> so Sorry. he said that, but NBC, I'm
4: not, I'm not charged already, you can't interview me.
3: Yeah, <laughs> shut up. So, whatever. Uh, but NBC reports that the logistics and scope of the interview are still being negotiated anyway, so... Yeah,
4: I heard that he wants to get a take-home written test and not actually answer in person. (laughs) It's real words and real brain.
3: Yeah, so... uh, He's going to doodle on it.
4: (laughs) Yeah. No, they're just going to, like... Come behind him and try to like write for him this <laughs> He can't write. Sketchy. Oh, yeah, I put their arms
2: like in his <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I
4: have... <laughs> Jerry Kushner's just like sharing <laughs> a jacket with him. Like You can tell because they hand him bigger.
3: Maxine Waters also on Wednesday sent a letter signed by the ranking members of the House Subcommittees on Terrorism, Illicit Finance, and Oversight and Monetary Policy criticizing Mnuchin. You know, mention uh-huh. p- fancy pants—we call him—for yeah. failing to respond to a December document request for all evidence relating to Trump and Trump family money laundering, uh, and they've given him until January seventeenth hmm. to respond. So that should be fun. Thursday. Yeah. Okay. Told looks you this like was. an
4: evil version of like John Oliver or something. Told you this oh, was no. a long week.
3: <laughs> On Thursday, Bannon hired a lawyer. For uh, his next week, next week, he has, a, he has a House Intelligence Committee testimony. And guess who it is? It's the same lawyer that Don McCann and Priebus have.
4: Wow. <laughs> I know.
3: <laughs> it's
4: so great. And on,
3: on Friday, uh, a meeting has been set for next week uh, now, solidified, between Mueller and Trump's lawyers regarding an interview. And they expect these negotiations to last several weeks.
4: A meeting regarding the interview. Yeah,
3: they're going to negotiate the terms of the interview, basically. So Trump's gone from 100%, I'll sit down, under oath, I don't care, to to I need several weeks to negotiate the terms of how I can be interviewed and what you can ask me. Yeah,
4: this is really exciting, though. I'm (laughs) actually getting to talk to him.
3: (laughs) And also Friday, Mueller filed a status report on the felony case for Manafort, um, he set the trial date for May 14th. Uh, we knew it was going to be in May, but he's, mm-hmm. he's solidified it for May 14th, and he also stated the investigation is ongoing but nearing conclusion with, with Manafort. <laughs> oh. And what's interesting is he's, he's got his discovery ready, and he's got 590,000 documents ready for discovery. That's up from 400,000 last month. Wow. And the number of electronic devices has increased from 36 to 80-something. So, I don't know, they just found, like, 50 more laptops. (laughs) I have no idea. All right, so I want to talk a little bit about the Fusion GPS transcripts. Uh, Fusion GPS and Glenn Simpson Simpson testimony transcripts, I encourage you to read them for yourself. Uh, Jordan, do me a favor and post a link to the transcripts on our Facebook page. Um, I know Fire and Fury is super interesting, but these transcripts... uh, But these transcripts read like a Jason Bourne novel, you guys. So, <laughs> as I had mentioned on Tuesday of this week, uh, Diffei—that's Diane Feinstein—she went behind Republicans' backs and released the Fusion GPS transcripts that Chuck Grassley had refused to release. There's only a couple of bombshells in this thing, but mostly it flies in the face of the GOP trying to attack the validity of of the dossier. So I'm just going to go over the bits I found fascinating. All right. So, quote: Here's a quote. Quote, the Trump family was selling merchandise in the U.S. that was made in sweatshops in Asia and South America. Of course. That's on page 77. Another quote, uh, their internal numbering system, it jumps from 80 to 86 on these memos. I never asked Steele, but there aren't five memos between those two. I thought that was weird. Like, hmm. why did he jump from 80 to 86? Are five memos missing, or is he just he was numbering? just them? up late, real tired typing mm-hmm. it out. Uh, but the dates coincide, so anyway that's weird yeah and quote uh, here's another one i remember political digital espionage was going to be part of the trump campaign that's on page 144. and who said that Uh, this is all glenn simpson
4: Oh, okay
3: Uh, there's one quote from his lawyer i'll tell you which one it is one of the last things i did quote one of the last things i did as a reporter at the wall street journal was report on fbi investigations into american politicians who had been corrupted allegedly by the russians That's on page 150. So this has been going on for a while. Uh, Okay, so question. You mentioned a Russian oligarch that met with John McCain in 2008. Who was that? Answer, Oleg Deripaska. He's banned from the U.S. for suspicion of ties to organized crime, and he's extremely close to the Kremlin. So I just thought that was weird. What was McCain meeting with him in 2008 for? Was he colluding against Obama with the Russians. Ooh, I don't know. Ooh. That's just weird. That's on page 152. Not McCain. Steele, uh, quote, Steele had told me the FBI and other intelligence, had the FBI had other intelligence about Trump-Russia collusion from an internal Trump campaign source and that the FBI believed Steele's info because they had other intelligence from a human source inside the Trump campaign. Mm. So, Aside from Papadopoulos there was somebody else who had come to the FBI. And the reason that I that I say I don't think it was Papadopoulos is because on page one seventy six he said this human source from inside the Trump campaign was a voluntary source, someone who was concerned about things the same way we were. And Papadop wasn't a concerned guy. He was Brian's just
4: a <laughs> yeah. He's
3: just a drunk loudmouth. <laughs> All right, so another quote. So Steele told a U.K. official about Russian interference into the election on behalf of Trump. That U.K. official told David Kramer. David Kramer is a longtime McCain advisor, and he told McCain. Then McCain told the FBI. Mm -hmm. So that was the emissary that that we were talking about. That's on page 222. Uh, Another one. I have read recently that in a letter from Senator Grassley that the FBI reimbursed the expense. But to be clear, I mean, that's it. Steele was not compensated for his work or any other work for the FBI at that time. Okay. I thought at that time was interesting. But for that engagement, because the Republicans were like, oh, the FBI paid for this dossier. Right. Well, when the FBI wanted to get all the information from Steele, they met him in Rome and they reimbursed him for that travel. That's mm-hmm. not paying for right. the dossier. So that's on page 225. Uh, Manafort's notes... Sorry, Lisa. <laughs> Manafort's notes from the June 2016 meeting are in the transcripts as evidence, and they're on page 264.
4: Oh, that would be so cool to read. Uh,
3: I'll tell you what they said.
4: Oh shit!
3: <laughs> <laughs> Quote: "Value in Cyprus as inter." Unquote. And another one: Illicit. Another one: "Active sponsors of RNC." Another one: "Browder hired Joanna Glover." And finally. Russian adoptions by American families. Wow. So, value in Cyprus as an in inter, which I think is short for intermediary, is really interesting, and I'll talk about that later. Another that was
4: it. That, those were all of his notes. Super <laughs> shorthand. Th-
3: those were all of his notes in his iPhone. All right. Quote: It's a voluntary interview. Uh, this is uh, this is um, Glenn Simpson's lawyer. It, this is a voluntary interview. He wants to be very careful to protect his sources. Somebody's already been killed as a result of the publication of this dossier, and no harm should come to anyone else.
4: Who was killed? I don't know, but what? Jesus. What about Why the lady I? that
3: was blown
2: up?
4: There was a lady that was blown up? Yeah, I want
2: to say it was coming to the dossier,
4: but... There was
3: a Russian guy who got a car bomb, too. Okay, there we go. Interesting. So, yeah, what a lame, stupid, piece of meaningless shit that people are dying for. <sighs> <laughs> Another quote: Billions of laundered Kazakh money went into Trump Soho, and Felix Sater was involved. <laughs> that's just fun money laundering. Oh yeah, that's on page two ninety six, and apparently they couldn't account for millions of dollars that went into the Trump Soho. Wow, that came from foreign shell companies and banks. Another quote here: Quote. Another figure involved in Trump Soho was. Tefiq Arif, a Central Asian organized crime figure who had been arrested for involvement in child prostitution. Okay. (laughs) On page 298. So just, you know, the good Christians of the United States voted for this guy. The best people. Voted for this guy for his good Christian (laughs) (laughs) values. It was also revealed in this testimony that the first group to pay for the oppo research, that's what they call opposition research, Mm -hmm. on Trump was a conservative group. Right, Washington Beacon. We knew that, but that, yeah. now it's now it's being proven or confirmed. laid out. Yeah. That's
4: good.
3: They stopped paying when Trump won the elect or won the nomination. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and once Trump won the nomination, the Democrats took over and started paying. Well, somebody <laughs> had to, right? So because you know it was Trump against conservatives, mm-hmm. so the conservatives were paying for the dirt on Trump. And then when Trump won the nomination, the Democrats are against Trump, so they want to pay for those. family.
4: Going to the same source. What do you mean? Would they go, like, were the Republicans using the same sources as the Democrats? Yeah, well, the, the Fusion GPS. That was, yeah. that and was deal. Cool. Okay, so Democrat. They basically essentially just, like... Tanned it. off. Yeah, just took it over. That's uh-huh. cool. I didn't know that.
2: Yeah, Hillary swooped in. Yeah. Started dropping some money down. Oh, sorry, go ahead. And I
4: was just going to say, who says Democrats and Republicans can't work together? Right? Know? Sometimes yeah. they do. Trump brings yeah, us
3: together. Establishments. Sometimes. Yeah, Trump brings us together.
4: Yeah. <laughs>
3: All right, so who is the mole? I put a poll up on Twitter. Okay. I want to know who this other mole is. And according to Fusion GPS transcripts and Nunez's account of an insider, the mole would have had to have worked for the Trump campaign before Steele went to the FBI with his dossier because when he got there, they were like, we've already heard this. Yeah. From a voluntary nice guy, not oh. a drunk Papadopoulos guy, but a voluntary nice guy. Through, uh, so we'd have to be before the Steele, before. Steele went to the FBI mm-hmm. through March of 2017, because that's when Nunez said, there's an inside guy. So my four guesses were uh, Epstein, Pence, Priebus, and Spicy. Sessions is also available for that role. Um, wow, What now, is it's Pence? That would be crazy. Mm-hmm. Priebus won my online poll with 56, Pence got 21, okay. Spicy got 17, and Epstein got 6. Mm-hmm. Priebus, interesting. The reason I don't think he was talking about Papadopoulos, and I've told you this, is because of the way Simpson characterized the mole in the fusion testimony Mm -hmm. as a concerned, worried Mm fellow. And Priebus is a lawyer. Oh, yeah. So he knows the legalities. I mean, I just imagine, like, when Trump and everyone was on the plane in Air Force One and they're trying to craft their message about what the June 2016 meeting was... And there's somebody in the corner going, shit, this is obstruction. <laughs> but everybody, like all the Trump people are like... De, 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 de.
2: <laughs> they have no idea. You don't know. I would be delusional, too. I probably wouldn't know no, what the hell either. I'm doing.
3: I wouldn't either, but I wouldn't be doing this. Exactly. Kind of shit, there's a difference. <laughs> but Priebus is a lawyer, so that makes me also think it's him. Plus, Priebus quit the White House the same day Papadopoulos was arrested. Oh. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. In July. July 26th or 27th. Uh, Steele went... To the FBI in July. At the same time, Priebus quit and Papadopoulos was arrested. And some think that this fellow Epstein is the mole. And I'm going to hand it over to Jordan, to talk about Epstein. So Jordan, take it
4: away. Yeah. So Epstein is—he's a young dude. He's only 35, but he's uh, apparently—he looks like way older than me. He really <laughs> does. I was honestly shocked when I read his, <laughs> his age. administration will age you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That I don't know, but. So this guy is—he uh, grew up in Moscow, and he came to the states. I think when he was 12 or something, he came in '93. So, math. Mm-hmm. And um, he came here. Apparently, was buddies with Jared Kushner growing up. Um, He's yeah, they
3: went to college together. Yeah, so they were—they were—they were, they
4: were, they were up in a sense.
3: raping ladies together.
4: Oh gosh. Hey. <laughs> I had a, such a weird moment of feeling defensive, sort of for the for them for some reason. Yeah, I'm like, you know, maybe not. But probably. <laughs> but probably. Mueller will find out. <laughs> yeah.
3: Ew. <laughs> Poor Mueller.
4: Um, but he's like fluent in Russian. Uh, he's he was really close with Trump in that campaign. He worked on it, and then he was in the White House until March of. 2017 when, when he just kind of mysteriously dropped away mm. and uh, that's unanswered still. The White House still hasn't given any sort of a statement or anything on why he left, but he was their communications oh, was his title?
3: Yeah, he, yeah, he was one of the communications, many communications Yeah, people.
4: And then um, so he's just very, he's been a- around you could assume, you know, when all of this stuff was going on, right. and that time frame that, oh my gosh, that time frame that A.G. was just talking about. Bleep. Yeah, bleep.
3: Um, that it's time so hard to fit. figure out who
4: I am. It's I know. To, it's really hard. <laughs> yeah, you don't have any identifying characteristics or anything. <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, That's why I can't murder anyone. It's a it's a, it's a burden. Yeah. Idea.
4: They'll see the Hawaiian beautiful landscape on your murdering <laughs> Um, but anyway, sorry, getting getting sidetracked there. Uh, that guy fits the timeline that AG was just talking about before, of someone that had to be there before the Steele uh, dossier came out, and then, you know, May 2017. So March 2017. Yeah, so, March. You got it. Um, so I don't know. This is the thing about this guy, though. He was, just, for example, in May 2017. He was on an interview with Bill Maher, mm-hmm. and he's just not even. It coming close to admitting that you know the 17 security organizations in our country that all came out and said <laughs> yes, there was meddling. He, his response, Bill Maher could not get him to just say yes. I accept that that happens, and he was so stubborn, and he says, saying shit like, oh, I'd have to ask. Russians myself, you know? I can't ask them how am I supposed to know?
3: You have to ask the Russians because you'll you'll believe what the Russians say and not the 17 intelligence agencies of the United States of America. You fat fuck
4: And so that's in May and unless he's just completely... Really good at I don't know. Yeah, the He's head of the, Sinc- he's head of the Sinclair group. Yes. So that's a super right wing. Super like. yeah. He tried to explain to Bill Maher too. No, we're just down the middle. Oh, just a down the middle organization. But clearly it's just gonna be extremely to the right. More to the right of Fox News is what people are saying. Whoa. Well, yeah. Alex more,
3: more right than Breitbart, I think, is what they were saying. Oh, yeah. You know? Like that's nuts.
4: Yeah, so i don't know when i see stuff like that that happened in may i think uh you know he is clearly still so dedicated to the story right now so yeah. it's hard to believe that he was a mole but he could have been the mole there's a lot of reasons to believe why he could be as well so um there's we can post the article maybe this conjecture but you know it's interesting yeah
3: yeah, um, get that article up there. there. There's a couple of them uh-huh. um, because I know that there's a, a one of the people I follow on Twitter. Uh, I think her name is Louise Mensch. She writes those blogs and cool. she's the one who thinks Epstein is the mole. I, I don't think he's got it in him to be a concerned party. Same. Unless yeah, he
4: legitimately believes everything that they're saying. Like <clears> I don't <throat> know if he, I don't know if Russia did it. I don't know. And now he's looking the truth and he's like, nah man, yes. Yeah. I was believing yeah. everything you said. Oh that's possible. He, or he's playing a
3: part, him. you know, like this right wing to have his job at Sinclair but he's actually like this is so fucked up you guys
4: that would be so hardcore yeah I really there's I hope that the mole is someone that is like that just totally yeah just completely playing (laughs) everybody just so fucking
3: awesome that's great awesome all right thanks Jordan thanks for going into the Epstein for us Epstein Epstein
4: um, he's also Jewish, in yeah, fact. Oh, oh, he oh. So he aligns really can't nicely work for with the Israeli really policy that Trump would like. So he can't work for
3: Roy Moore's campaign.
4: Yeah.
3: He can. <laughs> <laughs> the, that, they only allow one, and he, he's, oh, wait, I think he quit. <laughs> uh, but now I wanted to address something else in the Fusion transcripts that I came across uh, in the first 70 or 80 pages uh, I read these things so hard when they came out. <laughs> I
4: was like, yes. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I'm surprised I didn't go more viral. I would. I was thinking people were gonna be just like maybe don't people it, catch yeah. up to it. It's gonna take. A I lot still time. haven't read through it all. Like, yeah,
3: same. But it's I, a lot. It's 312 pages. You know, that's a lot of that's a lot to get through. Yeah, I think it'll stay in the news. But uh, what what uh, what was interesting to me? What stood out to me was the characterization of Bill Browder. Oh yeah. Uh, because when I had first. Heard Bill Browder's testimony and was introduced to who he was. He was like a saint to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, hey, Julissa, so why don't you tell us what what's actually going on? Yeah,
2: so uh, we would think he's a saint because of his connection to the Magnitsky Act. Uh, basically, he his lawyer was Magnitsky, and when everything went down and he was uh, was murdered by Putin, Browder became the face of that movement. So he's kind of this like anti-Putin global activist. Um, but what's really going on, we've noticed from the transcripts, is that uh, he may have had some involvement with that tax scheme that he supposedly outed with that you know, act, that $230 million that was stolen from Russia, apparently. Um, he won't really speak on his personal involvement in that. So that's something that uh, Glenn Simpson noticed and spoke about in the interview he had in August. So basically, here's a quote from him. He said, I became personally interested in where Bill Browder came from, how he's made so much money under Vladimir Putin without getting involved in anything illicit. And it's pretty weird um, that Browder won't go on the record at all under oath to talk about his involvement or Sergei Magnitsky's involvement in the tax scheme specifically, but he'll go out and, and talk about the general parts of it. So there's this disconnect that they're trying to figure out right
3: now, and it's really sketchy. Well, here's it's the it, thing. Here's the main thing, is that is that Prevazon Holdings, okay, that's a... that's a Russian company. A Russian hedge yeah. fund um, that has all sorts of weird ties to all sorts of weird things, but um, Prevazon hired uh, Hostetler. What are they called? Baker Hostetler. Yeah,
2: Baker Hostetler. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> um, to... To try to find out what was going on with Bill Browder, because Bill Browder was accusing Previson of that $230 million tax fraud, Mm -hmm. that some of it was laundered through Previson. And Previson's like, no, it wasn't. So Previson hired lawyers, including Veselnitskaya. Yeah. Okay. And then they wanted to uh, hire some American lawyers, so they did. They hired Baker Hostetler. Right. Baker Hostetler is the one Mm -hmm. who hired Fusion GPS to dig up dirt on Browder. So So now they're trying to use that against them and say that they're, what is it, the Foreign Agents Act? Yeah, the the FARA. FARA, yeah. Yeah, so they said he didn't register. Uh, Browder's like, they didn't register as foreign agents. And Mm -hmm. and Fusion's like, we were working for Baker Hostetler, they're American lawyers. Right. And and it's kind of the same with the whole... Steal dossier thing, mm-hmm. but what's interesting is Browder was like they're doing a smear campaign against me right before the Global Magnitsky Act hearings to try to under because Vesselnytskaya was heading up the you know get rid of the Magnitsky Act yeah. thing. But it was just coincidence that she was the lawyer for Prevazon Holdings that hired Baker Hostetler, that hired Fusion GPS to dig up dirt on Browder. Exactly. It's like, what? I know, it's a lot. And Fusion doesn't want to undermine
2: Magnitsky Act, but that's what he's trying to do. No, they
3: didn't want to. They love the Magnitsky Mm -hmm. Act. Glenn Simpson is like, I'm happy about the Magnitsky Act. I think it should exist. But my job is to dig up and you know interesting stuff. My to do research, not dig up dirt, but do research on Bill Browder. Right. Did you Did you find out what he found about Bill Browder with his their attempts to serve him and all that stuff? Yeah.
2: So apparently <laughs> he's been avoiding their subpoenas. Like yeah. he just straight up dodges them, and then like he won't go on the record. And then he uh, he actually tried to evade taxes. Uh, apparently with, with Russia, right? Like he he tried to straight up just like. Yeah, Bouch his own personal
3: taxes. So it, he just won't go on record with
2: anything. And financially. W- at one
3: point, when when uh, uh, Glenn Simpson himself was trying to serve like um, Browder on the street in Colorado, because they're like, wait a second, he gave up his he gave up his citizenship in '98, but he has a ten million dollar mansion in Colorado, and he's got cars registered in his name. He's living here. What yeah, the it doesn't add up right so they they find him and they go to serve him and he just like drops his coffee at his briefcase and <laughs> runs down the street away from him like and i'm like wow, it is so obvious <laughs> doesn't sound like the Browner that i know you know but so Browder, is he's an interesting fellow and you know hats off magnitsky act is amazing yeah, and it sucks he didn't that magnitsky me. died investigating tax fraud right And was murdered excuse me i should just i should clarify was murdered but that has nothing to do with Fusion GPS mm-hmm. uh, and their work for Baker haas Dettler for Prevazon Holdings, even though Vesselman Sky was involved. Exactly. They should be treated separately. But that's the
2: argument. That's one of the things. And then... Um Grassley, he's behind this too with Browder. He's backing him up. So it's it's one of those GOP arguments that they're just going to keep throwing in there. Yeah, and
3: you can tell every time, in the Fusion transcripts and, and, and in the Browder testimony, every time Grassley's asking questions, he's asking questions about Prevazon. Mm-hmm. Previson Holdings. What if they have to and see? And Fusion that? GPS, and what kind of evil are they trying to do? And, and, and then you can tell when the Democrats are asking questions, they're like, so what'd you dig up on Trump, bro? Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, <laughs> it's very clear. It's the, the line has been drawn <laughs> as it should do you think they're they'd ever move forward with doing two separate investigations party-led ones oh. they kind of are right now right and they do recognize re- them at all how do you even recognize that yeah. Like, okay thank you for sure when well, they get to the and end i guess
3: whoever has the most compelling argument wins when- <laughs> I, I you know what it, 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 and in in to be clear in the senate and the house both the judiciary intelligence committees that are doing all this interviewing in the russia probe they are not doing a criminal investigation. Oh, They're doing a fact finding investigation right. yeah, yeah. because the Senate and the legislative, the legislative branch can't do criminal investigations mm-hmm. because they they are executive branch, not judicial branch. Right. That's part of the checks and balances. Mueller is the one doing the criminal investigation, and so that's why you hear all the Democrats constantly saying, "Look, Mueller's got the juice, right? And we're just here." Because what we, we can do is we can interview people and release stuff to the public mm-hmm. because it's not a criminal investigation. And that's important, too, for and the case. It's very important for the public to know what's going mm-hmm. on, which is why DieFi wanted to release those transcripts. Yeah. So, so I don't understand how Republicans can argue transparency when they are the ones being opaque. Exactly. And obtuse. So that's the whole with the versus ju- judiciary versus legislative branch and mm-hmm. they the Democrats keep insisting, hey, Mueller's the guy looking at the criminality. he's right. got all the crime and that's why they're trying to discredit him and the G- because it's a criminal mm-hmm. investigation, he can't release that stuff to the public. so all right, well, thank you very much, Jalisa for looking there. Oh, that of course yeah because I just that caught me off guard. I was like, not Browder mm-hmm. no I wonder who else is going to turn out to be a crappy person they're all crappy people True. I think and I even tweeted at Bill Browder because he liked one of our tweets oh Bill I remember that yeah because I told him I was like hey bro if you ever need a place to stay we got <laughs> we got a spare room if you're not allergic to cats <laughs> and he liked that the little fucking bitch has a ten million dollar mansion in Colorado Whoa. how battery. about I stay at your house you dick <laughs> All right, you guys, it's time for sabotage. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Coffee. All right, so this is interesting. You guys remember in episode six when I reported on Flynn texting his buddy Copson on the inauguration dance during the swearing-in ceremony? <laughs> on the, like, platform, right? Like, basically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he's texting his buddy Copson, Trump's going to rip up the... Sanctions. This is gonna be great. We can go forward <laughs> with with the nuclear reactors. Yeah. And you remember, you talked about the Mayflower, right? With McFarlane, Bud yeah. McFarlane and Katie McFarlane, and Eric Prince, and the meeting in the Seychelles yeah. set up by the U.N. Dining and dining the Russian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Bud McFarland was a big nuclear reactor built. He was big. The Marshall Plan is what I'm gonna call it. That's yeah. what it's called. That's the that's the desire for Russia to team up with the United States. Uh, United States is going to provide security and military contracts and mm-hmm. security contracts. And Russia is going to supply the uranium and the oil mm-hmm. necessary. And then you need some oil person to drag it in. And United Arab Emirates is the one who's going to make money up, along with Saudi Arabia, yeah. on the reactors being in there. Oh, country. yeah. It's a whole thing. Huge deal with bad people. Yeah. Like the worst. He picked the worst people. <laughs> Billions of dollars that you would need. I don't know a Cyprus intermediary to launder that through, like good old Manafort's notes said from the June 2016 <laughs> mm-hmm. meeting. <laughs> so I put those two, into I put that together. You're welcome. Uh, so remember all that, right? And this is early 2016 when they had this Mayflower meeting, and it right. was Trump and Sessions and pretty much everybody who was trying to get Comey fired or was trying to cover up Russia Yeah, was at this meeting. Plus, the ambassador, for, the ambassador for Singapore was there, and KT McFarlane was mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. nominated to be the ambassador of Singapore. Mm-hmm. She's the one who was emailing back and forth with Flynn uh, about t- contacting the Russians. You got Eric Prince, a security guy in the Seychelles, trying to talk about pipeline stuff, yep. and saying, and I wish trade would go back to normal between Russia and the US, which means I wish sanctions would go away, uh, set up by the UAE. So start thinking about all this stuff put together. Well, on Friday, very late in the day, I got handed, this thing fell in my lap, there's a guy in Maryland named Lambert who was charged, there was an unsealed indictment for 11 felony counts, one of which was bribing 10X, and 10X is a nuclear company, a uranium company in Russia that's part of Rosatom. And Rosatom, one of their lawyers is this guy named Balber, which is a weird name, but that's his name. And it turns out, if you follow me, this is a long way to go, but Balber, the lawyer for Rosatom, and this guy in Maryland who's got 11 felony counts, he's a nuclear uh, materials transportation expert. Okay. Okay. Um, so he bribed 10X to get um, contracts. Mm-hmm. Okay. 10X is a subsidiary of Rosatom. Balber is a lawyer for Rosatom. Balber is also a Galarov and Kavalatse's lawyer. Those are two of the Russians at the June 2016 meeting. Mm-hmm. And he was Trump's lawyer for the Miss Universe pageant in Moscow. Wow. So this ties them together. You follow yeah. the money for this Marshall Plan. And this kind of becomes the the Deep Throat moment. in if, if you have ever seen All the President's Men or you know anything about Deep Throat, when he was talking to uh, the reporter from Washington Post in the parking garage, he's like, this is bigger than you're looking at right now. And if you listen to episode six, guys, go back and listen to episode six with Zach Miller. There's a middle part where I start talking about how maybe this whole thing was Russia trying to either get Trump to win or blackmail him to run or both mm-hmm. to install him to ease sanctions to do the Marshall Plan deal. Yeah. Because Copson, when Flynn was texting him on the dais of the inauguration, was like, Trump's going to rip up the sanctions, which means he'd already been working during the transition against the Logan Act, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, to, yeah. To make that deal. Okay. Okay. So he's texting him, and Kopson says, this is great because we can build all the reactors in the Middle East. We won't have sanctions so Russia can supply the uranium. And we've got a lawyer. Now we found out yesterday, or mm-hmm. that, or yesterday that, that their lawyer is a Trump-connected guy yep. that can help us do this. We just need to get the pipeline stuff going, and that's Eric Prince in the Seychelles with the UAE. And he said... Then we just need to send our troops over there To protect them Which is a pretext for recolonization of the Middle East mm-hmm. Remember that? Yeah So go back you guys and listen to episode 6 And don't freak out too much <laughs> but, Try um, not to <laughs> I think this is What this whole thing is boiling yeah, that's down to huge deal right? With. You're going to need Shell companies and money laundering capability Which Trump has mm-hmm. And there's proof of that Manafort also has it Right Um. Deutsche Bank Alpha Bank already have that yeah and a 285 million dollar loan to Kushner right before the ele- I mean I think all of this is going to tie into the Marshall Plan that's crazy I know because there's billions and billions of dollars to be made uh, in it's so much bigger than Russia and the US <laughs> in Britain, it's in, like a worldwide kind of assault in oil pipelines uh, military contracts security contracts Eric Prince is the former head of Blackwater um, just I think this is all Going to start Coming together with this And I think Mueller knows All about it Yeah And he probably has For a while So this is the movie plot We've
2: finally gotten to yeah. it
3: And it starts with The fucking Mayflower meeting That's crazy I know Alright Well you guys This has been fun Oh yeah I've been Jordan Coburn I've been Julissa Johnson And I'm AG. And before we sign off um, On a personal note uh, I found myself Very emotional On Thursday night when the news broke about 45 referring to Haiti and the whole of Africa as shithole countries. Yeah. And I know we don't report on things unrelated to the Russian investigation, but I feel like I would be remiss if I didn't address something I consider to be historic. Now, uh, Trump has been overtly, blatantly bigoted and racist in word and deed for decades, okay, starting with the Central Park Five probably even stuff before that, his father's arrest at a KKK rally, his racism in real estate dealings, not allowing black people to rent his properties, uh, his comments after Charlottesville, calling Mexicans rapists, um, saying a Hispanic judge is uh, not capable of doing his job, trying to ban Muslims, saying all Haitians have AIDS, and saying Nigerians won't go back to their huts, uh, our president has a well documented history that's rife with racist words and deeds. But what happened this Thursday really hit me hard, and I searched my soul and my heart to figure out why these most recent comments affected me more deeply than anything else he's done, which he's done some repugnant stuff. Oh, yeah. So I was trying to figure it out, and at first I thought, you know, maybe it's because of all the people that I served with. I'm a veteran and maybe it's all the people I served with who put their lives on the line to defend the Constitution of the United States and defend this country, and how many of them are from countries that our president calls shithole countries. Our president, who ran five times to avoid serving this country and insulting people who have, by calling their, home, their homes, shitholes. And I thought about all those who served alongside my dad uh, and my grandpa, Haitians have been serving um, and Africans have been serving alongside us this entire time. And it became clear to me that all of us know things that our president won't ever understand. Things like bravery and sacrifice and the dedication necessary to risk everything to uphold the ideals that our country is built on. And that's diversity. That's the you know, one out of many, one e pluribus unum, which he took off the presidential coin, by the way. But it's not just what the president said. It's who he said it to. It's who he was given a nudge and a wink to. And There's a cancer in this country, and we have to treat it as such. And I think that the reason I got so emotional over what he said is because my my father died of cancer, and I had to watch him be terrified. And I was 16 years old so I couldn't do anything. But I'm fucking 44 now and I'm a grown ass woman and I'm not going to stand by and let him do that. This is a cancer and these people who support him are cancer and they need to be treated like cancer. They need to be cut out and need to be cauterized so that they don't return. And we have to work together to do that. So thank you for letting me get that out. Um, It was important to me. That just really hit me and I think it's it's an historic moment that we need to recognize and that we need to rally behind and come together as. So thank you. Join us next week. This has been Mueller. She wrote. I'm A.G.
0: Season four of How We Win is here.
1: For the past four years, we've been making history in critical elections all over the country. And last year, we made history again by expanding our majority in the Senate eating election-denying Republicans in crucial State House races and fighting back a non-existent red wave.
0: But the MAGA Republicans who plotted and pardoned the attempted overthrow of our government now control the House, thanks to gerrymandered maps and repressive anti-voter laws. And the chaotic spectacle we've already seen shows us just how far they will go to seize power, dismantle our government, and take away our freedoms.
1: So the official podcast of The Persistence is back with season four. There's so much more important work ahead of us to fight for equity, justice, and our very democracy itself. We'll take you behind the lines and inside the rooms where it happens with strategy and inspiration from progressive changemakers all over the country.
0: And we'll dig deep into the weekly news that matters most and what you can do about it with messaging and communications expert, co-founder of way to win and our new co-host, Jennifer Fernandez-Ancona.
1: So join Steve and I every Wednesday for your weekly dose of inspiration, action, and hope.
0: I'm Steve Pearson.
1: And I'm Jennifer Fernandez-Ancona. And
4: and this this is is How How We We Win. Win.
3: MSW.